My name is Matt Brown. And let's start the show. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity. But now you have my attention. What's up, everybody? Oh, my God. I'm really excited today. It is Thursday. At the time of this recording, it's Thursday, October 15th. It's really warm out. It feels like a nice summer day. And I have the best plans right now because I'm doing a podcast, the fourth one on the Productive Conversations podcast with Teddy Morans. Welcome one and all for that. Recent graduate of the University of Hartford. I do believe he will have a great future in sports management, and we're going to talk everything from sports, pop culture, life, understanding girls in this world, and it's a thrill to have him today. So here on the Productive Conversations podcast is a great episode for my audience and listeners. Enjoy. Here he is, Teddy Morans. Hey, 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 here we are. Like I said, it's a beautiful Thursday on mid-October, even though it feels like summer, 71 degrees and sunny. And here's my guest this afternoon, the amazing, the humble, and the guy with the great future, Teddy Morantz. Teddy, how are you this evening? I am great. How are you doing, Matt Brown? I'm really thrilled to have you here, man. That's the honest truth. I must say, it is beautiful out today. It's, it's, we should be doing this outside. <laughs> oh, man. Once I figure out how to do these outside podcasts with the wind, that's... Definitely, definitely going to be a thing. But what's up, though, bro? How are you doing? You know, um, just the things, uh, me and Teddy, the way we met, um, I we met from Theta Chi, just like the Brad Finn in our episode. So he's a former fraternity brother, or I guess always fraternity brother. I met Teddy, actually met Teddy first during a admission. So Teddy, I was working, I mentioned before, I worked as a, a, a tour guide at the University of Hartford. And I met Teddy. I guess Teddy was interviewing for the job at the time, and we were training together. Then I never saw him again. It, um, I never saw him again uh, working the red keys, was what they call it. But uh, coincidentally, he pledged my fraternity with the great Jacob Plunger, or Jacob Unger, I should say. I hope you're doing well, bro. And yeah, now we're here. We've been stayed in touch ever since. And. I I definitely appreciate our friendship a lot, and you're close. You're a Stanford guy, so nice and local from here in the studio. You know, it, man, and uh, you know it's funny you bring up uh, you know the red key, the tour guide stuff. Uh, it wasn't for me, man. It wasn't for me. I remember uh, I was doing. I don't remember if it was like a, just a training thing. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember um, doing a tour you know leading a tour as like training and uh it was all going pretty well and then uh you know we get to c comp or whichever complex you know <laughs> with the training yeah with the um 
you know, the uh, the makeshift, you know, it's so that the parents and the kids can see exactly what the dorms look like. And and someone brings up the safety of the campus. And I, you know, provided them with whatever facts I had, which were that. And I, I said, I always feel safe on campus. And they, they came at me with some weird s- statistic and facts from like a website that I've never heard of probably, you know, who knows where they got it. And it was all about the campus being unsafe. You have the most reported blank. I don't even remember. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, dude, I, I, I could tell you that I always feel safe on this campus. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him. I'm, and that was the end for me. That was like, I, I, this isn't for me. I was a freshman. I was like, I'm going to, get out of this while I have the chance. <laughs> Dude, being a tour guide at U-Heart specifically, I we had some weird things. I did like the people we worked with a lot. You remember our boss, Christy? I do. Christy, I, do. I think. Oh my God. She was she was so sweet. She, she was one of my favorite bosses ever. I think she just got married, so shouts to her. But I had some weird stories tour guiding too. I remember I heard this, I, there was a situation happening to me um, this tour guy, Natalie, is up-and-coming actress. Hope she's doing well. Um, there was a girl who walked out. She's showing... So she's showing the... One of the dining halls, Commons. The big diamond on the University of Hartford. Right. And she brings a big tour, right? And this naked girl shows up. Butt naked. In the spring, like, walking around. And, like... I think she said her joke was... You know, you don't usually see this every day, but... I was the tour guy right behind her, the tour, and what a mess, what a mess oh that could be. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine, go, go, you go to visit the school, and then you just see someone naked. Was it a big tour? Yeah, I, I remember it being like story. a very big, like humongous turnout that day, really busy day. I rem- you know a joke I used to say as a tour guide? It would depend. I'd read the crowd if they would think it's funny or not. Right. Um, I would say, oh, this is the college, freshman dorms. This is where you learn to be a man for the first time. This is where you um, learn some independence, being on your own. A lot of virginities were lost in these dorms. So, <laughs> so everything's happening with everyone. And another crazy tour. I remember it was a Saturday tour. I bring the people out. And we go to... Um, Hawk Hall, the infamous Hawk Hall, the Hawk Hotel, everyone knows. With the University of Hartford, they have this just beautiful modern dorm. And I, I bring, I bring um, the tour up. You know, this is Saturday morning in, in a college. Uh, and it was, you know, I guess people were still feeling it. And I open the, we go up and we just see these two, these two people hardcore PDA is making out like slobbering each other and I'm like oh um I guess maybe that was their good goodbye before her walk of shame or his <laughs> walk of shame wherever they were going her or his um it was hella hella awkward it sounds I like and you know being a tour guide at any school is tough because parents especially when they're sending their first kid to school but parents sending their kids to schools are crazy. Oh, They're crazy no question. about everything. They they examine. They'll break down anything they could break down. They'll examine it. They'll find the bad in it. They'll, they'll find the good in it. You know. They'll find. But they're crazy. I I can't keep up. I really can't. I just love the money, and I did it to. I wanted to be an NBC page, and they give tours around Thirty Rock. So that's the sole reason why I took the job. 
and you know maybe one day that dream could still come true uh i guess i'm older for that now but i'm still open to do it but yeah Absolutely. i did learn how to speak in front of crowds and literally no crowd can ever scare me i don't know if you uh ever heard from june it was my junior year you were gone um <laughs> did uh did you you heard about the stabbing the stabbing that, uh, oh yeah that's right you heard about the stabbing in the twos right uh, yeah, I think it was in the twos. A crazy, crazy day. Rainy. It was like it was like the scene was set for it. It was ra- it was a rainy, cloudy, dark day. Uh, I'm trying to get onto campus. It happened, I guess, either right before or I don't know. But I was trying to get onto campus. I had an interview on campus, um, and they don't let me on campus. There, everything's locked down. I, I'm waiting in this line of cars outside of campus. For at least an hour and a half or two, a crazy, crazy brutal. I couldn't get out of it because I was still, you know, I had my suit on. I was ready for this for this interview. Uh, It was in GSU. So what they did, and there was tours that day. There there was tours that day. So they they took all these tours and they locked them down in GSU. Imagine picking the University of Hartford after that. And that, uh, I mean, hey, it's not that it's necessarily on the university, but. That's a crazy, imagine you're going for your college tour and you get locked down in the student union building because there's a stabber on campus, a stabber loose, running around, they can't find him. Now that, that's just bad luck. I, that is a deal breaker, I think. I would love to, what specific tour, who actually enrolled? Imagine being the tour guide for that. Imagine being the tour guide who's like, folks, we're going to have to, you know, go back where, you know, you're a commons or wherever you are. We're going to have to go back to the student union building. There is an active stabbing on campus. There's a, someone stab, there's a stabber loose. Uh, and we're going to have to lock down there. Imagine being, the, uh, that's a hard job, man. You never know with, with, with being a tour guide for any university between the pe- crazy parents, you know, nutty questions that you might not, you never could be prepared for some of the questions you might get from these parents. And then stuff, you know, you never know what's going to happen on a college campus. Oh, man. <laughs> never, never, bro. But speaking of that, so you just graduated from the University of Hartford, class of 2020. Now you're infamous 2020, so we know what happened. So could you tell me your experience as a second semester senior going into the quarantine? You know, it's uh, it's funny. The first, when, it, you know, when this all started going down, um, I was... A little excited because I didn't think it was that serious. It wasn't being perceived as something that serious. Um, I was expecting to go on a trip to. I was supposed to go to Toronto with a couple of the brothers, a couple of brothers. Um, That was my spring break. We were going up to Canada. Had an Airbnb all planned out. We were we were ready for a good time. I canceled that. Um, I was a little excited because I was like you know second semester senior i have i live at the house up here so like i'm not in, i'm not going to lose that uh and classes online sounded very appealing to me um of course i didn't anticipate what actually came of it which was i lost you know the the rest of my second semester of senior year that's not you know that 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 sucked that sucked for a while i was like damn i didn't get to too formal spring uh fling spring break all that stuff, uh, brutal, man, you know? And to all the seniors, high school, college, uh, 2020 was, you know, just a brutal way to end any ex- school experience of your of your life. So that's, yeah. 
I can't. That really is unfair. And you like, how did you graduate? What was your graduation? I haven't had one. Still haven't had one. Did they say they're planning one or? They were, yeah. So there was. It was originally postponed to this winter, to December, and then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they emailed us and were like, postpone until further notice because we don't know what's going on with this virus. And you know, when we first were sent home last semester, um, it was very. They hinted at it. They hinted at it. They said, they said, take your stuff, take the important stuff, you know, whatever you is important to you, to, and take your school stuff because you might be doing. First, they hinted that we might have a couple extra weeks of break where we're going to be doing classes online, oh. and then obviously from there we know uh, what what happened, and that was canceled. Do you remember your very last day on campus, like what you did, or did you say these solemn goodbyes? Did you have a movie moment? You know, I I can't say I did because, again, we were all expecting to be back. Uh, the general people were like, oh, yeah, we're, we might have an, a week or two of extra time home, you know, doing classes, uh, you know, online. But I don't think anybody expected to be completely you know done for the year um i i feel like this whole covid thing i could have my timeline wrong but for some reason i feel like the the covid thing and kobe bryant's death kind of they they kind of kicked off close together i remember very shortly after yeah that happened the last weekend of january, january. the death of kobe i can remember that was tough um if you want to share your experience with that, I can remember how me, um, if you want to go first on that or. Oh, absolutely. So like, uh, I remember Kobe, Kobe's death. I'll always remember it. That's one of the, and where were you, where you were for our generation when you found out about Kobe was on campus, uh, at an apartment. There was a lot of, of, there was at least seven, eight, maybe 10 of, of the brothers there coincidentally just, you know, hanging out, uh, all at once, once just coincidentally, man, watching, um, I forget exactly what we were watching. It was just a, a basketball game. It was some, we were watching sports. Um, and yeah, I mean, one of us saw it on Twitter and then the next saw it on Twitter. Then the next got a notification, you know, TMZ started reporting on it and, I didn't believe it, you know. Uh, we, I think nobody wanted to believe it, and we all kind of were looking at our Twitters, and we saw TMZ, you know, we saw people saying it, but we didn't see Waj, you know, Shams. We didn't see any of the yeah. people who we rely on. No, when they reported, it's it's for real. Exactly. So we were holding out hope, uh, and obviously quickly that we lost, you know, there was no hope there. So Race right there, the 50 NBA right next to LeBron. Um, you can see it on that poster right there in the 50. Um, Is that crazy? So, Steve, take a left. You see Aaron Judge and LeBron next to them. You know, you're looking the wrong way. You see the NFL quarterbacks right up there, 50. Oh, yeah, there you go, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my experience about Kobe's death was we were, same here, my parents were on their one of their casino trips. I was here with my brothers, me and Brendan, um, we get ready for the Pro Bowl. Remember that day? They're gonna do the. It was the weekend between the Super Bowl and the championship weekend. Okay. So okay. I remember my youngest brother like screaming in terror. He's like, "Yo, Kobe died!" And I'm like, "What? What?" So I look at the 
like just look at this screen this screenshot i'm like fuck and then i i immediately facetime my buddy sam Acharya, you know really well of course he like knew what i was facetiming for he's like bro i can't and that was a very tough day very very hard and definitely miss him and the other seven people sadly him his this other seven people sadly perished and obviously his daughter gianna right and tough and hopefully see some new regulation changes from that and uh man but hey Uh, you know and it's crazy people really looked up to kobe yeah i personally never like felt like i looked up to him but i respected what he did for the sport and so I, of course, was sad, as everyone pretty much was. But people really looked up to Kobe. Oh yeah, absolutely. But those people, you know, of course, you know, it's hard to lose someone who you looked up to. Uh, there was one kid, this dude, Alex Ranello, Alexander, California. I never see someone so affected by a celebrity's death. Like he was like, it was depressing. Like, yo, man, I gotta check up on you. <clears throat> yeah. And um, yeah, like my thing with Kobe, him and like. Really growing up early, caught the tail end of Shaq and Kobe. Like, I can vividly remember. Like, those are my first favorite basketball players since the Knicks have never. I've always been a Knicks fan, but the only Knicks player I've ever looked up to was Stephon Marbury. And he didn't come to the Knicks till I was in fourth grade. But, like, really early on, we had, um, yeah, Shaq and Kobe. And those were the guys. And, you know, I played NBA Live on the Nintendo 64 like 2000 and that's the team you I would pick because you know again no Knicks Latrell Spirel Marcus Camby wasn't appealing enough and then I just I went to my first Knicks I went to my first Knicks game in 2004 I saw him in February it was Knicks Pistons the year the Pistons won the finals against Shaq and Kobe to end end their reign. Yeah. So I saw that Pistons team with the Chauncey Billups, yeah. Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Tayshawn Prince. Um, the Knicks starting lineup, I think, was it was Kurt Thomas and Tim Thomas, Stephon Marbury, Jamal Crawford, and I can't think of the of the other starter. But that was that was fun and. I saw the Knicks. They were in the playoffs that year. Got swept by the Nets. I wasn't as into the Knicks back then, man. I was. I, I. It took me. Basketball was the last major sport I really got into. I, I would say the first Knicks player that I <clears throat> that I fell in love with uh, was Amari Stoudemire. Probably. I was a big Stoudemire fan. That was when I was early in. That was my early NBA fan days. And you appreciated because he chose to come here. One of the yeah. few agents that Balls did. Yeah. And it got us a second round. But, yo, when the Knicks are good again, whenever that day is, and it really does seem impossible, this place, this area is going to go off. So many new Knicks fans. Like, I rep, like, that's one of my flaws. People go on me that I'm a genuine Knicks fan. I get roasts all the time. But, hey, I just, just know, and I say all the times, like, just know when they're good again that I have always been that way. And, you know, I'm so tired as a Knicks fan of the media shoving these these rumors <laughs> that Giannis is coming. Giannis, you know, we had KD and Kyrie. We have now we you know are they going to trade up? They're not trading up. And we have all these rumors every year shoved down our throats that they're going to make a change. And 
nothing you know it's not gonna happen nobody wants to come here anymore man there's there's no appeal in being in in new york city anymore for at least for that particular tragic like i think so many people especially the media here are dying for the knicks to be good and the nba really wants the knicks to be good so they haven't been in the playoffs since 2012 to 2013 that's gonna be seven seasons now and um that that was barely a play i mean uh that was a they got swept right no, no, they played the Celtics and they lo- they won in six games, but even almost blew- lost in game six. Then they played the Pacers in five. Roy Hibbert was the right. guy who stopped this. The Lance Stevenson, Paul George, early Paul George. Um, that Knicks team, like yeah, Melo, Amari, Tyson right. Chandler. You had a, you had Jason Kidd play, coached by Mike Woodson, who's coming back. Um, and that, that was a good time like people were hyped i would have like buddies over here to watch and it was just really great vibes only for us to lose <laughs> i mean new york sports the state of new york sports right now is is oh, not in complete disarray but i mean it is a bad we are in a bad spot in New York sports. The Yankees are the Yankees. You know, the, you know, nothing to complain about if you're a Yankee fan. Uh, maybe at the moment uh, that could be a little, you know, at the moment you might, but in general, you know, you don't have too much to complain about as a Yankee fan. Uh, the Nets, you know, you've got that's a more recent team to come into the New York area, um, not area. Of course, they were in Jersey, but into New York. That's that's one of the more recent teams, and you've got. I mean, the, other than those two, I mean, the Islanders. You know, New York sports is rough right now. Yes, as you said, um, Nets really do have potential now with KD and Kyrie, but who knows? KD Achilles injuries are hard to have the strength, but you know they have other cool players. Karis Levert's fun to watch. Spencer Dimwitty. Yeah, Jared Cook. Um, they have Steve Nash coaching now. Who Kyrie actually called him? What he? It's more of a collaborative effort, but we'll see. I'm sure. I don't. Right. It's more football. Football yeah, is right. brutal. Football oh. is brutal. We have that's the Knicks joke. Eighth round pick. I mean, we have Tom Thibodeau now, respected coach. Well, I'll be happy if we. It'd be nice to get an eighth eighth spot, but if we could just. Just be competitive. See where we get. You know, a lot of great players have been later first-round picks. Kawhi was 13th. Uh, I think Giannis was 16th, 17th, 18th around that. Right. So who knows? But the only Knicks players to look forward to is Mitch Robinson has some potential. R.J. Barrett. I guess the jury's still out on him. Right. But, you know, everyone else sucks. Kevin Knox, Buss. Um, we have... Even that, even the young crowd on that team. There's a lot of ifs. There's a lot. None of those players. There's not a single player on the Knicks other than like Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius Randle, old, not not the old one. We have between that and um, I don't even want to remember these guys' name. Taj Gibson played a lot of good play. Played a good amount of games, but he's not the same. Randle's a great like player to have when you when you when you're just looking for that extra piece. But he's not carrying on. Lonzo Trier had potential, then the Knicks traded him. Dennis Smith Jr. People thought, hey, maybe he could be an asset. Nope. Right. Just it. Frank Nealakilin's a joke. I mean, we traded. We could have traded. We could have drafted Bam Ibayo, but we picked Frank Nealakilin for him. Thanks to Phil Jackson. But yeah, New York basketball. One is has great potential. One is a joke um as you mentioned yankees i don't know i've 
I don't. Yes, we have. We just need to make moves. Obviously, it's tough to have two straight seasons, season-ending home runs by the same pitcher. Um, but uh, the Mets, Mets really do have potential. You, you're excited to hear yeah. Mets fan. You got a new owner coming in. A long time coming with the new ownership. (laughs) Then, yeah, as you mentioned, Islanders made the conference finals. Knicks rebuilt. I mean, the Rangers rebuilding. They could get a first-round pick, a a number one overall pick. And um, then, then, yeah, let's get to the football. New York City football. That's what I've been building up for this part of our combo. So, yes, I'm a Giants fan, you're a Jets fan, and both our teams, as we record this, are on five. Um, it seems the way it goes that Giants are playing competitive games but figure out a way to lose, and then the Jets just keep getting blown out, blown out. We're on the eve, as this re- recorded, we're two days away from Le'Veon Bell getting dropped, um, straight up released, and... Oh, Teddy, Teddy, what, what, what did we do? Someone really cursed us. I mean, what, what are your thoughts initially when you think of New York football? Um, I'm nauseous thinking about them. I'm nauseous because they're so bad. Watching, first of all, watching the Jets is so brutal. Every week, you wonder what are they gonna do. There's always a point in the game where you're like, oh my goodness, what has this become? They're not competitive. They just are brutal to watch. There's every, every set of downs that they're given. There is something that you say, oh my goodness, like I could have done that better. I could have called that better. Uh, whether it's a second and 10 draw play up the middle or a second and long in general, uh, draw play up the middle, a, re- a wide receiver screen on third and, and 13. It's always something, whether it's uh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore, uh, man. That's your number one t- on the depth chart for some reason. Whether, whether it's him. Get, I mean, he gets – you watch him getting the bulk of the carries, and, and now Le'Veon's gone. Uh, P. Ryan, I think a talented you know rookie, not getting any carries. And you're like, what is going on? It's a state of like – it's like – Chaos. It's 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 the football version of chaos on the field. They haven't been competitive in a single game other than the Broncos game, and and that was against a third string. Right, that was against a bench. That was against the bench. Um, and even that they couldn't win. If they couldn't win that Broncos game, there is not a single winnable game on the schedule. And I would have said one of the Dolphins games maybe, but they just dismantled the 49ers. They're a good team. They're not bad. They have some momentum going against New England this week. Imagine they get another division win. <laughs> is that I After I think the season. I think Miami got switched to the Jets. Oh, that's one. My bad. Yeah. No, so now you have that. Change, yeah. Exactly. It's hard to keep up with these schedule changes with yeah, everything going on. Yeah, that's who they had to switch. And yeah, Miami is playing the Jets this week. Right. Um, yeah, Teddy. What When you watch your team, the Jets, like who is a legitimate player? Like, I mean, you know, you mentioned some. I think Quinton Williamson looks like he might be have potential, but is that really it? Jameson Crowder is getting, is, you know, getting, is averaging around 100 yards a game. But that's it. Crowder's a good player, but I mean, you're gonna have to add a lot more than that on the. I, legitimate player wise, I would say it's still a little early to say, but but Beckton looks like a really good player. Yeah. Um, man, Sam really is a legitimate player. I'm telling you right now, he he's gonna they're gonna get rid of him. 
understandably so because if you're going to go get a new head coach, which is inevitable, uh, you have a GM who didn't pick him. You're gonna and if and they're gonna have very possibly be in the in the the situation to get Trevor Lawrence, who is yeah. a generational talent. It um, looks like it. They're draft. They they're comparing him to Peyton Manning out of college, John Elway, Andrew Luck. But you know we know what happened with Luck. But um, yeah, they're comparing him to two Hall of Famers that are coming out. If they're gonna trade Sam. I could see him going to a few different teams, and I could see Sam being really good uh, if they put him. If they, tra- if the team, if the right team trades for him, if I was the Bears, I would do it in a heartbeat. If I was the 49ers with the way Jimmy G has, yeah, has looked, got, I would do it in a heartbeat. He got benched this week. I mean, you in fantasy, I saw you were a casualty of his benching. Whether they want to say, oh, it's really watching his injury or not, he got straight up benched. He's just not that good. Maybe the Washington football team can use Sam. Also, and and Ron Rivera's a good coach, man. Don't underestimate. I you cannot underestimate the future of Washington's of the Washington football team under Ron Rivera as long as he can maintain order. And since that franchise has been very chaotic in the past year or so, um, but if he can maintain order in on in the locker room, that that's a team that could be on the up and up. Uh, but Sam, man, Sam, Kissick looks good. They, they, they exactly. There's all. I mean, uh, there's some questions, I guess, about what you do with the quarterback over there with with Dwayne Haskins. But uh, again, that's where we're talking about Sam, though. That's where we're talking about Sam. Sam, if the right team trades for him he will go on to have a very good career that's my opinion um people feel otherwise people think he's not a very good player um he certainly has had his fair share of uh mistakes that were on him not anyone else especially this year uh going into this year i thought he might clean it up uh i understand it's tough with what he i think that i hope they didn't ruin him because i and i hope that he can move on um go elsewhere and, and look good I, I think he will I really do think that if he goes to a place like Chicago uh, watch out NFC North and don't forget he made the mistake of somehow getting mono <laughs> in. he lost all that time who would have that, that development goes a long way in the league yeah and you know, too, too, Teddy my team could be competing for that for Trevor Lawrence too and that's what that's the annoying thing is is we Yes, Giants are not playing good, but they're not god-awful like some are saying. At this point, we should have won Dallas this week with after just stupid penalties taken away, a, a perfectly executed fake fake field goal t- touchdown. Got that screwed up. Right. Um, obviously, the one game that's paying out, the 49ers, they look bad. Um, they held their own against the Steelers first week of the season, but, you know, Steelers are probably... Definitely, there's a good chance they could win the AFC all in all. Then the Giants have a little more of an excuse too, dude. I mean, you, you, yeah, new coach, new system for a a young quarterback. Uh, A little more of an excuse. The Daniel Jones jury is out still. I mean, if he just stopped turnovering the ball, the team would be so much different. And Jason Garrett looks like he is a good offensive coordinator right now. He's really fit in that mold and they're making plays. And, you know, we did lose Saquon, but Freddie Freeman, um, Freddie Freeman, um, uh, Devontae Freeman, he, he's starting to get some yards. I guess he's getting more carries. He's definitely better than Gallman and Deion Lewis. So 
Why not? So what happens? What happens if Jason Garrett, uh, you know, draws head coach attention elsewhere, and someone takes scoops him up at the end of the season? Then what? Because now, so is Joe Judge adopting that system? He's a special teams guy. He's not an offensive yeah. guy like Garrett. I'm assuming Garrett. It's Garrett's system. And and so what happens with and I think Garrett is doing more of the play calling too. I, I imagine, especially if it's his system. So what happens if uh, he decides? To, so then, are you going to give Daniel Jones his third, uh, another new offensive system? That's the flaw in hiring Garrett. Is is if he's there for the long haul, it's a great hire as an offensive coordinator. If he up and leaves, if he says, "All right, I did my thing here. I'm going to go get another head coaching job." Then you're, you know, you're in a little trouble. Then you might have to really think about getting rid of Daniel Jones, even if it's premature, because you can't. Intro- There's no way. There's no way you you can put this kid in another system, another new system. Let's be real. Jason Garrett is a good NFL head coach. He's proven he can win. He wins divisions. He wins games. He just can't win in the playoffs for whatever reason. I mean, it's tough. You know, he ran into Aaron Rodgers going in. Had some yeah. tough losses against the Packers. Um, you know, a bunch of others. It's t- he. I I'd be bummed to see him go, but um, I don't know. You know, Daniel Jones. What is it? I that's that's what's just so aggravating with these tough losses. Because Daniel Jones, he can move the ball. He's fairly accurate. Uh, fairly. Um, most of his turnovers are more fumbles than actual interceptions. That's where it happens. And it's, he seems to have a good repertoire with Darius Slayton. I think they're like that's that's it. You know, I think sadly, I think Golden Tate's been a wasted pick trying to justify losing Odell. And then you just see this guy getting body slammed with, with Jalen Ramsey. So I like I think Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton could be a good combo. And obviously, with Evan Ingram, when he it seems like he feels like to be a great. You know, when he's on his game, he is one of the best tight ends in the game. But when he, and he's essentially another receiver. But when he's not, he's really bad. Yeah, he needs to be on his game more often. But really, the offensive line is. Yeah, the- I was going to say the offensive line. That seems to really be a curse. We have four new starting offensive linemen, four completely new ones. And we kept Willie Hernandez, who is really, he's a really good guard. And yet, they just still. No matter who you are in this world, you could be Joe Montana, you could be Tom Brady in his prime. Yeah, it's never going to work. And it seems like that's the case. I mean, Saquon's injury, he just got annihilated those first two games. And then when he played against the Bears, it tore his ACL. And who knows? Who knows what if a little better protection. There was a lot of talk about the turf, and I'm sure that's a legitimate issue. But at MetLife, yeah. Uh, but that torn ACL, when you see it, when it, it had nothing to do with the turf, man, that was just he got hit right in the knee. Yeah, I forget exactly if it, I don't think it was. Of course, it wasn't on purpose, but I think someone was falling into him, maybe, and and yeah, he got hit on the sideline from the Bears, the the very good defensive back. I just can't think of the guy's name. It's not Kendall Fuller. Maybe it is. I don't know. But yeah, he just he did a clean tackle out of bounds, and then. ACL injuries, man. They always the throughout his. It's easy. It's you. You're finding more players being able to come back from it. Yeah. yeah. Modern, Modern medicine. medicine. Yeah. Modern I mean, physical therapy, therapy and, and. AP came back, seemed better than ever. He's the but he's the only one I could think of 
in the top of my head who so came back from an ACL injury, he still dom had a few more dominant seasons. Yeah. Uh, He's a spe- that was a, he was a special player, uh, and it'll be interesting. Any of these brutal leg injuries, uh, Dak. Back right last week, that was ugly. Yeah, we know it. Yeah, he compound fracture of his ankle completely, t- completely his, fell off the bone. His foot was just hanging there. Yeah, foot, right on. And you could always see whenever those brutal, when the injuries are really brutal, you see it. You see it on the field before, live. You don't have to see the replay. I was before the replay even happened. I'm watching that. As soon as I saw that hit, I'm like, oh my goodness. That Alex Smith, Joe Theismann, the tough ones, man. Yeah. And, and I mean, what's cool to see that Alex Smith was able to come back and right. do some snaps. And but yeah, those football—that's the tough thing about football. I mean, I I just okay my kneecap playing football for an Arakai. My brother broke his foot. Yeah. My brother, other brother broke his wrist. Football's dangerous, but we love it, man. That's a- and that's what's crazy. They still want. He wants. I just want to come back. Yeah. That's a that's a big debate is uh asking you know people ask if uh you'll let they'll let their kids play football people now really contemplate that cuz of I think it's more cuz of the brain injuries than the foot injuries and the stuff like that but people ask that's a legitimate question now people ask themselves is will I let my kid play football if they want to play football I know you wiles away from being a dad I mean I don't know maybe you want to I met kid I met dumb people who want kids right now that are our age but what about you teddy would you let your kid play football if he wants to you know i'm you know i want to say yes right now because i don't actually have to worry about that but yeah i think i either way i think i probably would i'm sure that by the time you and me are having you know our own kids one day uh the the game will have evolved uh the equipment will have evolved. We'll have new, you know, they're studying that stuff now, man. The, the scientists who are studying CTE and these brain injuries in relation to football and how we can. Oh, don't forget other sports like hockey's big, which I mean, any yeah. contact sport. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I really hope that by then we have advances to the point where, you know, we can, we don't have to worry about that for our kids. Easily. Can't, can't agree more with this. So, at the end, with with our teams, you hope to have Trevor. Law- Do you personally hope to have Trevor Lawrence? Um, obviously, and Gase to be out of here. Right, that's where it gets interesting. Um, of course, I want Trevor Lawrence, but I want to know that my coach, my head coach, and offensive coordinator and quarter because it's probably going to be a whole new staff. Uh, I need to know that all those people are going to be able to develop him because we were given Gase we see what happened to poor Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has gotten the raw into that stick worse than anybody else can't really, really think of a quarterback because he was I mean he's not he wasn't as touted as Trevor Lawrence but people thought he could be he could complete he has the talent man he has the talent from watching him every day uh since he's pretty much every game since he's been you know in the league pretty much every game he's ever played uh in the league he has the talent and and to see him get kind of you know ruined pretty much ruined hopefully not permanently uh by the by the jets and that that coaching staff i guess you know uh, gase you know brutal we talk bass no you're you're right and who knows, man? You use, it always takes a game. That's the one thing about football. I think that's underrated aspect. You really can turn into a great team over a year. 
like last year's 49ers, the year before, they're the second worst team in the league, get the second round pick, draft Joey Bosa, and they were they made it all the way to the Super Bowl and they were leading in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And they just yeah, help it Nick Bosa with help from the 49ers with Bosa, Sherman, um Jones and you know they were they it can really change over a year right. as long as you do it right. But I might as well wrap um switch to the, the last our big sport with um baseball now. So we have again Beth both things on the spectrum. I'm a Yankees fan. You're a Mets fan. My Yankees seem to make the playoffs and have in this era of the close but no cigar. This is the Yankees' just brutal playoff losses. You're a Mets team that is competitive, but again, the tail end of the Wilpon era with tough managerial selections and, um, you know, good Brody Van Wagenen with brilliant trades as we've seen and you're like they are right there they could have made the playoffs in this expanded playoff system if um didn't if they went if they went if they won out they would have made that last seed right yeah and the fact they were even in the position to have to win out in that situation it was brutal they they a lot of things went in you know, a lot of maybe not coincidences but just in general a lot of outside things went into uh a lot of the issues they had this year um i'm not a, i was never a fan of Luis Rojas as you know um after your boy Beltran gets outed he gets hired then gets outed the Mets didn't have to fire him you know, I wanted Girardi all along oh. of course every Met fan probably did um cause that's a manager that's someone who you know you that's someone you put you you have managed a team when you know that team has the capabilities of going to the playoffs which I think they did uh you had Stroman opt out of the season um no, Syndergaard got Syndergaard, yeah, Syndergaard was hurt, so the pitching was really rough, man. The pitching after Degrom was was brutal. Uh, the bullpen got a little better this year, but it wasn't enough. Uh, the lineup was good, you know. They were hitting the ball well. Cespedes opted out as well. Another, and that's another. It's time. I think the new ownership. I think it's time for like a a, a refresher in that franchise. Uh, you know, a change of of culture. Um, and that'll be interesting. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they kept Wilpon around. Um, not Wilpon. Um, Alderson, Sandy Alderson around. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that uh, yeah, right. That's what Steve Steve Cohen said he was going to keep Sandy around. Um, that's interesting. I never disliked Sandy. I always liked him actually. Uh, so I think it, we'll see who he brings in underneath him. But the most important part of this whole thing is. Steve Cohen is going to come in and he's going to put money into the baseball operations department. And, and that's, I mean, look at the Rays right now. Look oh. at the Rays right now. Hey. The, that's what they do. They have, they, yeah. What is that series? I, I'm not watching the ALCS after you know why. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I just get it from our sports chat, the updates. I'll watch the World Series, but definitely not the ALCS. Like Literally two worst teams. Right. If You should have had a triple threat and had the Red Sox. <laughs> but what is the ALCS right now? So, so it's uh, uh, it's 3-1 three three to one Rays. Rays. Okay. Astros stayed alive Shit. last night. Um, barely. barely. It came down to the last inning. And I saw oh. the Dodgers um, lay the smackdown. 
nothing, you know. Uh, and you were saying like the Rays are this is the model. That's what the, what the Rays organization has been doing. That's the model. They're went away the from the World Series. It, it, yeah, it's the model we're moving towards, which is uh, a really good baseball operations department. Um, you know, and you don't need. You're not going to overpay on players. You're going to get. Uh, you're gonna find guys that that nobody else would think to find, and that's what the Rays are doing. They have Randy or Rosarena uh, having an insane playoffs for them. I've never heard of him until <laughs> until the playoffs. Yeah, and he's, he's going he's crazy. Cuba. Cuba. Yeah, the, it's it's special. Uh, it's it's a it's beautiful. Honestly, it's it's like. Uh, it's like an art. It's like a piece of art watching what the Rays are doing uh, and and with the personnel that they're doing it with. And the Mets passed up on Shane, right? Yes, they did. And yes, they did. Lo- what a joke, huh? But hey, now you got Steve Cohen. And who do you think the Mets should go get as a general manager to replace Brody Van Ragenen and hopefully start a new era of Mets baseball? You know, it's interesting. Uh, so they obviously they're keeping Sandy around to be uh, the VP of baseball operations. Um, who he gets, that'll be interesting. I don't have, I haven't really put much thought into it. Um, I would hope someone very advanced in the scouting area of, of things because I do believe that you win championships on homegrown talent just based on the way uh, uh, that, that, things are the way that uh uh baseball is now i think that and the way that the contracts are kind of laid out whereas you know you get a player uh you draft a player in the first year player draft and you those players are basically uh going to be in your franchise and your organization for a a solid six seven years i mean you these guys get kept around the the, the way the contracts work uh now so i homegrown talent to me is the way to win a championship and with that said i would hope that you know the cubs model it, it was proven to work yeah right exactly and and it worked and you know they got their championship and you know of course everyone wants uh and they made the playoffs this year you know they, they ha- they've had success now for multiple years uh, including that championship um it's an interesting you know sandy is a very uh talented scout that's what he was known for that was his specialty was 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 scouting who did he discover or help discover um i believe he had he had a part in discovering conforto um he's been around for a while so that's where it's interesting but um so he's he's kind of known for that. Uh, so I would hope that the, whoever they bring in is either also known for that, or is just a very like baseball operations minded, economics money, because um, that's also of course the direction that the game has gone in analytics. Oh man, I really don't. I mean, I think analytics are cool to an extent. Some are just so too specific, so nerdy. Like, what's? I mean, the whole war debate. It's still hard for me to understand. Right. Uh, what's what's the exact acronym for it? Basically, basically, war shows you how much you contribute to a win. Right. And what what and how do you and what's the acronym? What's it stand for? Wins above replacement. Yeah. So um, then they have like war plus on base, and right. then uh, launch angle, all sorts of. Uh, it's fascinating. And it makes you trains for baseball in such a different way, like. People are training to get a certain launch angle to get a home run, and it's hard fundamentals. The bunt is gone. 
the uh, all baseball has changed a lot in the last few years and they're not helping its cause popularity and that's on baseball <laughs> yeah i mean they they always baseball has struggled a lot over the past 10 or so years maybe longer in in marketing their star players Mike Trout. You can't point. I mean, if you go to the NBA, people know who LeBron is. If you go right. to the NFL, people know who Patrick Mahomes is. You're walking down the street, and you pass Pat Mahomes, or we'll say Tom Brady, just for the. You pass Tom Brady, you pass LeBron James, and you pass Mike Trout. You're gonna recognize Tom Brady and LeBron James. There, not everyone's gonna recognize Mike Trout. The bulk of people aren't. I don't even think you can name. A true mainstream baseball star that everybody can get. It's like that's why I appreciate our group chat because you know we all love baseball. I think you're all the you're all the people I know who actually love baseball. Literally, you're you're literally my only friend that actually likes baseball in this world. I can honestly say that, and none of no everyone else is either an NBA or an NFL guy. I mean, of course, I have some other acquaintances and buddies who like baseball, but like. You're like my friend I talk to all the time, and it's only and who likes baseball back. And oh, there's a couple people in my head I kind of do that with, but they're not into it as you know you and me. Right. We'll all talk during when the Yankees are good, and that's it. That's it. Uh, baseball, baseball, baseball. Why don't we uh, switch gears a little bit from sports? And sure. why don't you tell me? What's something that's been grinding your gears lately in life? Is it is it your job? Is it homework? Is it well, you don't have homework? Not that I know of. What's something that's really grinding your gears right now, Teddy? <sighs> that's tough. Uh, I get my gears grinded so easily now <laughs> that I don't know. I mean, I I guess uh, we could uh, social media. Yeah, social media would be a big one. I mean, social media is so such an amazing thing because it's so toxic, so toxic. But it's but it's also so like so, so important to so many people. We can't live without it now that we've adjusted to it. I mean, you know, following you Teddy on Twitter, you I think you like every important viral tweet. Good or bad. Let me tell you right now, I have it already. I have it up in the in the past in the past uh, week. Hold on here. Screen time week. In the past week, I have spent eight hours and forty minutes on TikTok. This week on yeah, TikTok. So far over the past, over this week, eight hours and forty minutes on TikTok. And then four hours and two minutes on Twitter. So that is about 12. You have your Instagram numbers? Instagram, much less an hour. I don't care about Instagram. I care about TikTok. I'm obsessed. I'm addicted to TikTok. That's the one thing like. (laughs) It's bad. I'm not into TikTok as other people. I was definitely big in Vine. I don't know. I think. um, (laughs) I miss Vine. I just been focused on YouTube, other stuff, right. but TikTok, man, it seems like TikTok is a battle for popularity locally and nationally. It seems right. I'm T- amazed. So many people locally have hundreds of thousands of followers. I mean, there's the there's that Charlie D'Amelio who's actually from Norwalk. Yeah. Yeah. He's the biggest star on TikTok. You know, I, I mean, I I had no idea. Like shit. 
I find TikTok to be the least toxic to me, and that's probably why I use it the most. Yeah, I don't like personally. I don't mind hearing other people's opinions on things, but Twitter is like it just infested with it's infested with with people giving their opinions on things that they really don't know anything about. And you see oh, a lot of uh, people who make new stories out of tweet unconfirmed tweets. It, and and they all right, so the the biggest thing I've I've noticed recently with with Twitter is you know, people think that they can watch these clips. News organizations—that's how they get you, man. News organizations—they they put out—they put out clips, you know, of of debates and of of interviews and things like that in sports, politics, pop culture, any of that stuff. They put out clips. They show you a piece of of a, of a full video. Without any context, and it can manipulate how you view something that was said. They'll show you a piece of something that was said in a in, out of a larger, you know, quote, and you're gonna have a reaction to that. Twitter is is a festering like blood a bathtub of just misinformation, and that's why I prefer TikTok. TikTok tends to be more like lighthearted. I, you know, I laugh. There's women, you know, all sorts of beautiful women on TikTok. It's a great place. But Twitter, uh, Instagram, I'm, I'm just being tired of, of told to vote. Uh, don't worry, I'm gonna vote. So yeah. you don't need to stress that. You know, like I'm gonna <laughs> voted last time around. I'll vote you this time around. Better vote, Teddy. <laughs> it's, it's brutal. I, I get it. I'm gonna vote. And you know, Instagram. What bothers me about Instagram, especially recently, is people share things you know they share threads about all sorts of different issues that they find important to them which is great that's what you're you know but you're i I think these people don't realize that they're spreading it to people who agree with them they're they're sharing these things to the to the people in their world who for the most part if you're if you're someone's following you and you're following them on instagram there's very few people that you probably you know it's the same you're sharing your viewpoints to a crowd that agrees with you you know you're not sharing it to a group of people who don't agree with you so a lot of these instagram a lot of these people share these things and i'm like you're if you're arguing a point you're not arguing it to people who you need to be arguing it to when you're telling people to go out and vote on instagram a lot of these like you know a lot of these girls are doing that the people who you, who need to be told to go out and vote are probably not the same people who are following you on Instagram. That's what I found. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's so I've pretty much stuck to TikTok recently. Uh, I stayed away from TikTok for a long time. Really, I did. Like, like you were you were almost but you were boycotting it almost. I don't know about boycotting it, but I definitely. I just I saw other people addicted to it, you know, towards the end of last year during that quarantine time. Um and I was like I can't let that happen. And then once I downloaded it, it was a wrap. Uh, I'm addicted to it. Um but yeah, I mean compared to uh some of these other I mean Instagram has a lot of facts, but again, it's a lot of people preaching to an audience that agrees with them. I see things and I'm, I see, you know, I, I don't need to go through 10 stories from different girls telling me to vote. 
I'm going to vote, you know, that, so, so I don't, I don't find it necessary. So I avoid Instagram now more, um, Twitter again, like I said, ton of misinformation. I don't love it. Uh, a lot of generalization that happens on Twitter. A lot of people, again, they take little clips, they find little clips or, or things that they don't actually know, understand about, they didn't put research into, and they just make outlandish statements about them. Um, It's not my thing. I go to social media for more entertainment, and I want to see facts if I'm going to, if you're going to, you know, the, the misinformation that's spread on Twitter is actually like scary. Sometimes I scroll through my Twitter feed, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like every tweet after tweet is like, different individual person talking about something that they didn't put any research into another person quote retweeting a a clip of someone saying something completely out of context and like freaking out about it i remember especially with those edits like early in covid we had anthony fauci the face of it there was very very early he said i hope no mask we shouldn't use mask way until we've seen how much covid took over and you've seen those in ads being um right you see those his words being misused yeah taken out of context and edited a certain way even though he said that seven months ago a lot, a lot has changed. So yeah, social media can really get your opinion going, and we know how much it played a role into the social justice battle this summer. Obviously, COVID. But yeah, you um, go to Twitter to really get pissed off, and there's some right. people really love that. And yeah, like I said, I followed like a few people, and they like seem to like everything that goes viral. And I that's do like, tend to. Yeah, I know where you do you like, go? Is there, do you just go with the trendy topics or what? Or I see other people them? like it. Yeah, I get. I I see on my just like you see Teddy Morant's like this tweet on your on your feed. It's the same for me as I'm scrolling my feed and I see blank liked this tweet and so then I'm like I read it. I'm like haha, this is funny. Then I like it. Then you see it. That's how people go viral on Twitter. It's crazy. That's and I'll, I'll say that the. The the act, unintentionally of course, of going viral, is fascinating in relation to, especially when it comes to different social media. Um, TikTok has like a unique way of making people go viral, even if it's just for one TikTok. They have and they have a very unique like algorithm. Once you do. A- it seems that these people, they do a little dance and then they're the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Or lip syncing. I used to lip sync and people send snaps all the time. I made it before there was a TikTok. Shit, sometimes I'd still do it now. I mean, TikTok is, you know, it sounds bad, but you you could be a, a beautiful girl and you can go viral you for go doing places. a dance. You just just for it. having a, being a beautiful girl and you just dance. It's not hard to go viral on TikTok because that For You page, that, what they do is they, they get you scrolling the For You page um, and it's not hard to get on the For You page. Uh, you get, you know, so very quickly people start to get likes and likes, comments, and once you comment, more it, it appears on more for you, for you pages and then that person's TikTok like their actual account once you comment on one of their let's say I go and I comment on uh, a food TikTok someone making making a dish I will get and then I log off for the day 
the next day I will log on and there will be a lot more food TikToks on my uh, on my for you page because I liked it. they have a unique algorithm and it help it, it benefits the creator because you're gonna get like it's not it, it is not hard to go viral on TikTok and I remember and then there's certain girls who like I swear they could tweet just ate cereal likes likes goes viral stuff like that LeBron's another one whatever he does I this is why I joke with my friend who works at ESPN yo. Why don't you just call L L E S P N LeBron's Entertainment and Sports <laughs> Network? Like seriously, the it's way it's true. It's true. People really fall in a magnifying glass, and you you really do feel bad for some of these people. They can never get a true privacy. Do you use Facebook? Not really. Um, I I I will pro scroll around on it to see what the old some generations above me are doing, and I'll right. That's who it's for. It's always exciting that day when you have a big announcement in your life and you write that status right. and see the see that. So, but not really. No, Facebook. no Facebook for me. I found that Facebook is just like Boomer Twitter. Boomer Twitter. It's it Boomer definitely Twitter. is Boomer Twitter. I love it. <laughs> That's where that's where our parents go to get pissed off. Just like we go to Twitter to get pissed off. But that's what Twitter and Facebook both have become. Is one giant like cesspool of of hate. It's sad. And that's why I stick with TikTok. Probably for a while I'll end up sticking with TikTok. I've thought about deleting I like Snapchat of course. Um I've thought about deleting Facebook and Twitter. Uh for whatever reason, I just can't do it, which is, you know, relates back to what we were saying before, which is, uh, you know, you might hate social media, you might love it, but you can't quit it. It's very hard to quit it once you get on there. I certainly can't, as I'm just trying to put these little updates with this, like, hint, trying to multitask, doing it well, and... Um it's just something we'll never understand. And I really want to, I hope to talk to somebody who has a lot of influence on social media. And I want to ask them, like, how does it feel to have so much power with, like, with, with what you say? I'm sure your DMs are something else. And I really like to see what their experience are like that. Easily. That's easy stuff. Oh yeah, I want to use this this platform. And uh, like I said, we're really excited for this. This is, you're the fourth, you're, my third guest and um you'll be fourth podcast a total third guest and we got some more lined up and yeah i'm just have you as also a frequent guest too if you like whether here or at zoom you've been watching anything good recently what have i been watching you know what i've been rewatching? what have you been rewatching? well i've been watching a lot of movies right. one thing i'm just trying to catch up catch up um you know, some recent Halloween. I watched the original Halloween, Michael Myers, Carrie. You know, since spooky season, Carrie. I watched, yeah, Halloween, Carrie. Um, American Werewolf in London, which is both a comedy and really fucked up back in early 80s movie. I've, I've watched a bunch of Eddie Murphy movies lately, Coming to America, 48 Hours, Trading Places, all legitimately hilarious. And for shows... Last show I binge was last two shows I binge were Better Call Saul, which is out of this world, amazing for Breaking Bad fans and not Breaking Bad fans. Then I watched Rami on Hulu about a Muslim millennial, absolutely spectacular and something you can really connect and relate with. And then my other thing I'm binging, I do it during my treadmill workouts, is My Name Is Earl. I love My Name Is Earl. My Name Is Earl. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
I've never uh, got into it. My name is Earl. What? I really? Never got into it. Did you try it? Or you just don't like no, it. No, I just never actually like tried it. Dude, it's hilarious. It's on Hulu. It's legitimately funny. All it is is this guy rewriting his wrongs and making a list to make things up to people. I think the first two seasons are good. The third season's kind of weird. And I never saw the fourth season. I watched it when it was when I was a kid. Like it was one of my favorite shows as a kid. And I just get back into it and they're still legitimately funny. Some things don't hold up well. They're not PC today, even just the decade before. It's it's crazy. But those are what I've been watching. How about you, Teddy? What you been binging? Uh I just finished up season two of The Boys. That's one the of the Boys, huh? I heard there was a big clickfanger. The uh one of my guests talked about, to me about how that was a big cliffhanger. Oh, at the I, end of it, the whole. Well, did first I? Of did all, I, sc- I didn't spoil anything? Did I? No, no, I've, I saw it all. Okay, the, spoilers for anyone else. <laughs> I, won't, I won't spoil anything. I, but the first of all, that show is such a good show, man. I mean, it's written. Say bad thing about it. it. It's written perfectly. The first episode or two, I was like, uh, you know, I was a little iffy on it. Um, as you're starting to like learn the characters, um, and then as it, quickly it snap just like that it got me into it uh the actors are great uh it draws some really important messages um about politics you know the the superheroes in the show are essentially politicians they pander to their audiences you know they could be corrupt it's all about money they work for a farm, big pharma company called vault that so i mean real symbolism it, it, there's a ton of it, there's a ton of that in this there's a lot of and they're all you know it it completely twists your perception of who is the villain who is the hero because you have the heroes in the show the superheroes that on one end they're superheroes so you know you you want to root for them that that's your we all want to root for the superhero obviously um but these superheroes are doing like evil evil shit they're almost anti-hero or not even they're they're, they're heroes but but then like on the side they're uh, actually human right in the first episode I'll, I'll give you an example without spoiling anything but right in the first episode uh uh the lady in charge of the woman in charge of uh the superheroes has a meeting with a congressman or senator or something a mayor something like that about bringing a superhero or two into that town as like that or that city's that it was like Atlanta or something that that city's like superheroes and uh he's blackmailing her I forget exactly I haven't watched the first episode in a while and then he you know he's now it flashes to he's on his private plane with his kid and his people his you know cabinet or whatever they're going back to his city and the main superhero who can fly and has lasers in his eyes flies up lasers the plane in half it crashes and they all die and so like you're like am i rooting for him am i this is the superhero am i rooting for him what's going on with that that was messed up and right from there you know that that and then you've got the boys who are these these guys who are against they see the evil in the superheroes unlike excuse me unlike the rest of the world pretty much they see the evil in these superheroes and their main goal is pretty much st- killing them pretty much killing them uh, or stopping them but the, how do you stop a superhero you kill them um 
and they get into all sorts of issues, problems because of that. Obviously, you know, if you were going to go up against people who could shoot lasers out of their eyes, you know, there's going to be some conflict there. Um, the show is excellently written. The characters are great. The way they develop the characters over time, and yeah, I mean that's the best. That's on Prime, and that's that's a recommendation I would give you for sure. If you ask me right now, you really sold it, Teddy. I um, I th- I I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it very soon, very very soon. Are they okay with the headset? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's weird. You have to twist it like that. Yeah. Then there it is. All right, Teddy. So, um, look at the final stretch. Not quite done quite yet, but I usually ask three random questions like I normally do, as you've seen in the group chat and I've seen in real life. I just love asking random questions, and uh, I don't care if they get response or not. I just do it. I mean, that's just funny. Our group chat. What are you just kidding? So I would send like a lot of random stuff for a group chat, like normally, and I just that just likes my thing. Like I would like these were complete lies, like. Like I would send tweet, I would send text like, "Oh, okay, mom, where is the fire extinguisher?" I would send a text like that. Obviously, right. there's no fire. I could always count on being about on getting a random Matt Brown text in the middle of a intense debate about something sports. <laughs> when you have your debate about who's the Jets to draft, right? And I'll and I'll text, "Hey guys, what do you what do you guys remember about Rugrats? Wasn't that a great show?" All right. Why don't we that be your first random question? You like Rugrats, Teddy? I never really was into Cartoon never. Network when I was younger. I that was, was more Nickelodeon, of a Nickelodeon and and uh, Disney kid. It was Nickelodeon though. Rugrats. Was it? Yeah. I, I, I don't really it? remember getting getting into it. Wow, that's all right. Another random question. What's your favorite type of cologne? Favorite type of cologne? Yeah. Oh man, uh, that's a tough question to ask me. I don't know. Do you have any f- successful cologne stories? Mm. I put this on. And then, girl, my dreams. I'm more of a. I smell good. I'm more of a spray the old spice on and old you're good spice. to go. <laughs> I, I I've never been a big cologne guy. Old spice. I'm I know. dead. Dude, um, yo, can you tell me a funny time at the gro- a t- funny grocery store? Grocery funny store? grocery store time. Yeah. Man, you're killing me here. Uh, I. Funny time I don't do any grocery shopping. I Even guess, remember Conovers that counts too at the, the supermarket at Uhart anything. Um I guess the last year or two there was a kid working at Conover. Uh so this is more less of a story more of a just like he he was free you know he worked there all the time and this kid was like the most cheerful uh it was crazy how this kid was just super cheerful. Uh, hey, at, Teddy. Right. It'll be like right doing? before they close, right before Conover closes. That was the shit. And he's like, how oh, can I help you? Like, you know, he's all upbeat and peppy. And I was always like, I'm, you know, I'm in there with like slides, no socks, sweatpants and like a hoodie. And I'm like super tired and I'm going in there and this kid's like bouncing off the walls. Uh, I'll miss that about Hartford. You know, that's one of those little things you'll miss is that kid at Conover. Uh, but I guess that would be my uh, an in- my interesting grocery store or grocery shopping experience. Yeah, Teddy, tell me, tell me a crazy social story. Something, something bonkers happened or fun. Like I could give you one. Like so, this is my senior year. I'm hanging out with Sam, Brad. 
and this girl Marky. You're all just chilling, right? And um, our boy Tank. I remember. And, yeah, Tank is now a successful DJ. He's um, Tank God, I think is his official name. Um, and he did Rockstar for Post Malone. I forgot the context, but he was hosting a party and we got invited somehow to go to it. This is a rare on-campus party. So we go in and it's like packed. It's like fire hazard bad, the opposite of social distancing. For a room that probably fit five people comfortably, there's 50 of them. And Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares comes on. And everyone sings the recites the lyrics perfectly. And then it'll get to that big break. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? And people are jumping around moshing, pushing. Like, it was a mosh pit in there. And I swear, I swear I heard a cracker. And I said, yeah, we got to get the fuck out. But that was, it was kind of real if I did not want to be, and did not want to fall down. You know, Hartford parties, especially when you're on campus, is are like, I don't know how to describe them. There's no like proper wording to describe them, but it's like that. I mean, that's the, Hartford was a crazy experience, man. <laughs> you know, um, for me, uh, man, I, this last year, this senior year, uh, we had a date night. Aw, sweet. It was awesome. And I was... Yeah, the girl plastered. Ooh. Plastered. It went well. Uh but just a absolute shit show of uh I mean, I'm like all over the place saying crazy things to people. Uh I don't remember really most of it. Um we had a couple I mean up until senior year I drank, but more when I felt like it. Senior year I kinda drank I did a little more I went to the bar a lot more often which I had never really gone into until senior year um but yeah I mean some good experiences I guess the the one I would as far as I can remember I drank the most at the state night last year first semester the the state the what first semester date night last year oh okay I think that's when I did you was your date okay with it she uh yeah her friend uh was also there with one of our other brothers and uh this is a interesting story i guess uh so i won't use any names yeah you know but (laughs) her friend actually so one of our brothers who lives at the house also with me at the time uh he had ordered and he had in his possession i believe it was a million or, or a thousand uh scoville hot sauce (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember which it was hot, you know. It was okay. not. It this was, was the ordered first online. week's feast type. Huh? This is the first week's feast type of uh, hot sauce, like those right. really that intense level. Yeah, for hot I, ones. I never had it. I don't remember exactly what. I'd have to ask him what the exact Scoville was, but it, 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 from what it sounded like from him, it was a crazy hot sauce, and uh, you know we're all everyone's hammered, and uh, his date who was taking the good friend of my date at the time, um, was hammered and, and requested that she, from what I heard, it was that she asked if she could take a shot of the hot sauce. A shot of the hot sauce. A shot of the hot sauce. And I think he said no at first. I wasn't there for this. I was, it was reported to me after. I think he said no, to, and I was hammered also, but I think he said no to this, uh, which didn't really matter. It ended up happening anyway. Took and a she, shot of hot sauce. Yes, of this crazy hot sauce. Of the extreme sauce. dangerous hot sauce. Yes. And from, I, I don't know exactly what happened after that, but 
they went home. Like that. That's how I'd put it that way. Uh, she, that she was. There was no level of alcohol that could have made her as sick as that hot sauce tonight. From what I believe, that's just like she has to reflect. What a stupid di- reason why I'm, de- I'm home. I find myself and sick reflecting on that situation more often than you'd think <laughs> more often than you'd think that put an end to the date night experience uh early in the night pretty much yeah but i was hammered so i still had a good time still in touch with that date yeah we're friends yeah that's absolutely good. um how could you not i mean i try to be friends with everyone so you know me i would exactly, never give man. up a friend that easily oh Absolutely. God, we got to hang on to our homies in this world. Of course. All right, Teddy, what have we learned? We talked about the Jets. We talked about all New York sports. You told me some college stories, our time doing tours together. Is there anything else you want to leave off with or say before we wrap this up? Uh, nothing in particular, man. It was, this is a, you, you got a dope setup here, and I'm excited for you and uh, this podcast. Appreciate You want to come on the reg? Of course. I definitely this is definitely good and whether through Zoom or here we could just do one day like yo at like nine before we go you trying to do a podcast it's that easy now yeah oh man it's really sweet well I guess with that we think this is a good time to uh, to wrap things up I'm very hungry trying to get some lunch let's do it All right, man. Thanks for having me on, Matt Brown. Thank you for coming on Teddy you the man and you know we'll do this again very very soon absolutely and there you have it folks Isn't Teddy one of a kind? Always a pleasure to speak to and always a pleasure to listen to. I hope he enjoys his performance tonight on this podcast. But besides that, we talked about being tour guides. We talked about social media. We talked about fraternity life, New York sports, and it's god-awful state. But yet, we still love our teams. I mean, the real god-awful part is the football But since me and Teddy spoke last week, the Giants did win their game against the Redskins on Sunday, even though they only won by one point. And it's because the, uh, I'm sorry, I said Redskins, the Washington football team, they actually failed on a two-point conversion and we won the game. But a win's a win. And if we beat Philly tonight on Thursday Night Football, we'll only be a game behind the first place Dallas Cowboys. So even though this NFC East Division is a mess. It is a mess we can surely clean up. And hopefully, you know, who knows what can happen. But besides that, I want to thank Teddy for coming on. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And I appreciate every single one of you. And I hope you have a great weekend. This Monday, we're going to speak with Jada Lee and Lily Garcia. Two drag queens killing it in this world. And then Thursday's episode, we're going to speak with my buddy Bladar as he explains his experience becoming an immigrant, being a refugee, and a really insightful podcast with him, and we're going to hear how he accomplished the American dream. So a lot of great productive conversations coming up. We have a bunch scheduled to record. And yeah, every Monday and Thursday, just check them out. I'm just going to be dropping them and having fun and, of course, Anyone's welcome to join and have a productive conversation on the Productive Conversation Podcast. Definitely tune in because I have a lot of great guests coming up. It's going to be great. Not great. Amazing. And also every Friday I have the Tweet Cap with Ryan Page that will be dropping tomorrow. You can find the Tweet Cap on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
and where all podcasting platforms can be discovered, just like this podcast. And we're going to talk about the election right after it's done, and it will be posted Friday morning. And yeah, besides that, thanks again to Teddy. Thanks to all of you, and I will see you very, very soon. Peace. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.